following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. Edition of Talking Cowboys live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios in our respective homes. We're back for another edition as we break down what was a week one loss, 20 to 17, as the Cowboys fell on the road to the Los Angeles Rams. And we start getting you prepared this week for the Atlanta Falcons in the home opener of the 2020 season. I'm Kyle Yeomans alongside the normal cast of characters, Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, and our resident Super Bowl champion. Isaiah stand back and guys it's uh, there's plenty to talk about sure off of the loss that we had uh, on Sunday in terms of the Dallas Cowboys and and the way that that loss kind of came about and well overreaction Monday is certainly a thing Uh, it it absolutely is a thing we saw that yesterday Um, you're either 1-0 as an NFL franchise or you're 0-1 there's no in between there's no tie, I guess there is a tie, but nobody did end up tying, I guess, after the, the week came to an end. And overreaction Monday was in full-fledged yesterday. And even, mm-hmm. uh, even I guess, on our show, we could have said there were some overreactions. But, guys, I wanted to kind of give you, give you a chance to, to let's, let's let everybody kind of chill for a little bit. Let's talk about some of those overreactions. And, and Rob, we'll start with you. What was the biggest one that you saw yesterday? Well, I took a screenshot of my Twitter mentions, which are always fun after a Cowboys (laughs) loss. Here's one from Alberto. We need a new quarterback and a new coaching staff. That was at uh, about 1030 on Sunday night. So (laughs) sorry, Mike McCarthy, you got three weeks of practice and that just it just didn't cut it. So apologize there. Got to move on. It doesn't get much better than that. Isaiah, you got something to top it? (laughs) I, you know, I just, I just kept hearing a whole lot about this pass interference stuff and that, you know, that, that, that the referees were getting paid off. Um, I'm like, listen up, guys. It, it's, it's week one. Uh, nobody's getting paid off, at least not yet. Um, <laughs> at least the, the boys, the boys just had, it, it didn't go their way. So I'm not, not too big an overreaction. It's definitely nothing like, like Rob experience. <laughs> Heck Look, I, I would say that I'm an, I'm a neophyte to the overreaction Monday. I was talking to Rob about that, and whoo, man, I went. I had to get some sleep last night because the <laughs> overreaction was enormous. Um, yeah, everything from fire Coach Mike to get rid of Dak. I mean, where do we start? I mean, it, it is an overreaction across the board, but I, I, I'm hoping that we've got tempers brought down just a little bit now. <laughs> it's like it's like Chris Beam just our producer just said in the chat you're either going to the Super Bowl after week one or you're headed for the first overall pick there is no in between <laughs> never no. in between exactly and it doesn't know it doesn't take a whole lot of time to turn it around either that's the thing is you can win this week and all of a sudden you're feeling great and then if you win uh, against Seattle you're two and one and you've beaten a team that looks like a Super Bowl contender after their overreaction following their win over the Atlanta Falcons. So there's a lot of overreaction on both sides of the coin. 
unfortunately for the Cowboys, they were on the losing side of the coin this week, and hopefully they'll turn that around. But uh, that's a ton of fun. I, I, I always love Overreaction Monday as a media member because you kind of get to watch – uh, all the fans, and you're a fan yourself at the same time. You get to have some fun with it, and you get to make up these crazy storylines uh, in your head and, and kind of say, okay, is this what's happening or is this what's happening? And then you kind of get a chance to sit back and realize, okay, it's week one. We've got 15 more of these things coming up, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time to, to have some – uh, some turnaround and, and pull a 180, uh, especially with how sloppy things were on Sunday. The good news is is you do have a, a, an 0-1 team on the other side of you this week in the Atlanta Falcons. We'll talk about them both tomorrow and on Thursday. We might even preview them later in the show. By the way, it is a Tuesday, so that means fans on the 50 for Talking Cowboys, send in your questions in the Periscope chat. I'm watching the chat right now. I'll pick them up, and we'll answer some of them here in our second segment. But before we get into that, guys, I want to kind of talk about the play calling. And one of those overreactions that I had seen on Twitter and really uh, some of the reactions from the fans overall was Kellen Moore. Is he really the, the most experienced play caller? No. Is he a, a capable play caller? I think he is, but he didn't necessarily show it on Sunday night. And, and Rob, we're going to start with you again, but is Kellen Moore the right man for the job whenever it comes to calling plays for this offense? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it was a surprise to some people that, look, we, there was no tape, no tape on the Cowboys before this game. And I think fans expected with CeeDee Lamb coming in, uh, with, you know, a really strong running back duo with Pollard and Zeke, that you might see some really new things with McCarthy coming in. And I I didn't see a whole lot of difference in terms of, uh, you know, some of the things they ran. But then again, I don't think they planned on having a vastly different offense. Um, And I think there were probably a couple reasons for, why we didn't see a lot of things down the field. We talked about it yesterday. I think the Rams tried to play their safeties deep, tried to keep things in front of them. I think the Cowboys were also mindful of having a, an undrafted. Once weekly Ozambic is helping many people with type 2 diabetes. Okay. I don't know family. if our fans at home can hear that. Yeah, Sorry about that. Rob. I don't know if they heard that. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, got, I got voices More in my head. Um, where was I? Oh, a rookie, an undrafted offensive lineman at right tackle. I think they, you know, they had to do some things to protect that situation. Um, however, there are some things you can do to try to combat that. And, uh, you know, I, I think we probably could see some more creativity going forward. I am a fan of the screen, guys. I want to see some more screens. I want to get Zeke and Pollard involved. That's the biggest thing I want to see. Well, you're going to see some more screens, Rob. That's that's definitely going to happen because defenses are going to play us aggressively. But I think that's an overreaction also, Kyle, when you talk about uh, Kellen Moore's first week as a play caller. We know that Coach Mike was, was hired here as a head coach because of his impeccable play calling in Green Bay. And we're expecting to see that old Mike McCarthy with that laminated play sheet with those highlighters on the side of his hat. Uh, calling these plays, but I think we all have to kind of remember that in the middle of this pandemic, the whole football season was thrown off, and the the smart thing that the Cowboys did was keep Kellen Moore to be able to have what we've been talking about, that continuity between the offensive coordinator and uh, the quarterback. And so, I, look, I, I'm not ready to, to ditch this after one week. I, I realize that from a creativity standpoint, we didn't see a lot of the formations and motions that we were expecting to see. You guys talked about it uh, during, the two, during the training camp, just saying that things would definitely be different or just from what you saw from the offensive output during practice. But we didn't see any of that. But 
after a, a vanilla outing, I believe, in L.A., we'll see more uh, this week here at home against Atlanta. Uh, yeah, to, uh, to answer your question in terms of is he the right man for the job, um, I think he is at this point in time. I think that with the, with the new coaching regime really coming in and with this very unique offseason that we had with COVID and not being able to be on side and everything being virtual for the most part, I think it was the, probably the easiest transition in, into this season. Um, do I think that he's better than McCarthy? No. <laughs> so if that answers your question, I don't believe that he's better than McCarthy. I do think that he is obviously he's younger and he probably has great ideas. Um, I would prefer to have McCarthy at the helm um, with uh, with the young Kellen Moore, you know, throwing ideas out there from time to time. But, you know, under the circumstances, I think is probably the easiest transition into this season to kick everything off. It is an easy transition because and, it's and really you, oh, go for it, Rob. Well, yeah, to piggyback on what Isaiah said, I mean, I think. You know, if they had if they had hit a couple of those plays, I mean, if the Gallup play goes goes deep and they score on that drive and they win the game, we're probably having a different discussion about the offense. You know, that they, they went well over 400 yards and they got 24 points, something like that, and and were, were slow in some spots but still were able to move the ball. And I think one thing they've been able to do with Kellen Moore the last two years is move the ball. They can pile up yards when they struggle, they can't finish drives. And that's what happened again. They were two and four, two and four in the red zone and missed two opportunities to score touchdowns. And, and so I think I try to take a big picture view of it and say that they're able to do some good things, but the, the, the yards are not matching the points. And that goes back to last season. And if that continues, that is definitely a concern. And that's what I believe everybody doesn't like to see the reflection of last season looking eerily familiar with what we saw uh, on Sunday, but also uh, Isaiah, you've been in some offensive meeting rooms, and you know that offensive coordinators, they script out their plays, and so I believe that Coach Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore are working you know, hip and hip to, to make sure that they get this play call in together. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that Coach Mike McCarthy is completely hands-off hands, in yeah. this process. Yeah. So, you know, look, all things being considered, if you look at the – I mean, looking at the – where C.D. Lamb had the block in the back uh, on, the, on the pass for Mike Gallup, that was just drive-killing penalties that we had, the holding, the, the pass interference from, from Schultz, all of those things, I think it set us back. But, Rob, to your point, red zone was where we put a big old asterisk up there and said, look, this is what we have to get corrected. And being two and four in the red zone is not going to get it done. We need to do that. We need to be uh, four or four in the red zone. Red zone and... Go ahead, Isaiah. Sorry. No, I was going to say, just to clear this up, I don't want people to think just because I'm saying McCarthy is a – I feel that McCarthy is a better offensive coordinator than Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore's doing a heck of a job. Let's, let me lay that on the table. He's doing, a, he's doing an excellent job, um, but we are comparing – <laughs> you know, you know, apples and apples, you know, and I, and I feel McCarthy has that experience. I think that Kellen Moore is in a great position to go out there and call the games like he's been doing. So my hope is that Mike McCarthy will step in when needed in certain situations since he has that mm -hmm. situational awareness and he has that experience. I, my hope is that he will then chime in and say, no, we're not passing the bond is down. We're going to continue to feed. We're going to continue to feed Zeke. Okay. <laughs> um, and and I, that, that's just my hope. So Kellen 
Moore is doing a great job, but McCarthy needs to be able to, and hopefully I know he has the power to, but I hope he will intervene when needed to make sure that we're on the right track. Well, and I bet I, I bet he did. I, I bet that the big play in question, the fourth down, I mm-hmm. bet you they were in lockstep on that because Kellen Moore told us on a call yesterday, basically, look, they, they had two down territory in mind there uh, with the third down when they ran it and then had the fourth and three. So I, I think I think you're right that, that McCarthy's, they're having discussions during the game, which is not yeah. as easy as it used to be with the mass and all that stuff, <laughs> but on, on how they're going to, how they're going to do, you know, handle some situations. Um, third down's the other thing too, guys, because, you know, didn't convert enough third downs and they weren't very manageable third downs a lot no. of times. That, that was the difference with the Rams, man. They were in second and one, third and one, uh, where they can they can basically fall forward and, and keep drives moving, and that was a credit to a lot of the, that quick game stuff they did on first down. Well, and, and what Kellen Moore mentioned yesterday about that third and six and running the football with Zeke and, and setting up what was going to be, like you said, two down territory, four down territory whenever they were inside the red zone, I have, a much, more, I have much more comfort in that call knowing what kind of success they were having running the ball with Zeke. You don't expect to only end up with three yards there. You think you're going to get four or five or six because of how tough he was running in the first three quarters. You think that's going to carry over into fourth. And really, what ultimately happened was the, the Rams' defense just made two straight really good plays. Even on the play on the, the fourth and three, and C.D. Lamb, yes, he ran his route short, but that safety came up and made a tackle on C.D. Lamb, a very shifty, a very elusive receiver. And the fact that he was able to o- tackle him in open space ultimately made the difference on that yeah. fourth and three. Had and to go – had to – yeah, I had to go across the field to make that play, too. Yeah, you did. I mean, yeah. Uh, and that's rookie on rookie. Yeah, really impressive play. Yeah, I think Kellen Moore's still got growing to, to be done, and that's going to happen. He's still a second-year offensive coordinator. He was young boy genius last yep. year. He's starting to grow into being the, the next guy uh, that's really one of those heralded offensive coordinators, I think, in the NFL. And I think having that oversight, having that, uh, that mentorship from a guy like Mike McCarthy is only going to expedite the process. It's only going to make it uh, happen quicker. And I, I, I agree with Isaiah. I don't think there's anything that needs to be done in terms of Kellen Moore, it's one game. Once again, it's overreaction Monday, now into Tuesday. I'm not, I'm not by any means saying <laughs> let's replace Kellen Moore with Mike McCarthy calling plays yet, but sure, let's have some input. Let's have that lockstep like Rob was saying, and let's continue to get better as an offense because that's the only way you're able to go up is you have the, that communication as a coaching staff. And once again, and I made this point last night on the fan with uh, a couple buddies of mine on there, but uh, they, said, or they asked me the same kind of question, and I said it's remember – this was also the first game for this coaching staff to call plays, period. This was their preseason game number one, pretty much, when it comes to actually having the personnel on the field and actually contributing whenever it comes to play calling and, and whoever you have on the on the gridiron. And I think that definitely played a role as well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, send in your questions. I've been reading them on the Periscope already. Continue to send those in because Fans on the 50 is next. We'll answer your fan questions when we return here on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's the second segment of Talking Cowboys here on this Tuesday. It's week two, episode two, as we lead you into Atlanta week here from the star in Frisco. Kyle Yeomans, Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, and Isaiah Stanback. Glad you're with us. And Continue sending in those questions on the Periscope stream. Before we do that, if you want to change up your dinner routine, go check out the Star District restaurants across the street. Man, there's a, a bevy of them. You talk about Wahlburgers, Sushi Marquee. You've got the Ascension Coffee Shop. There's so many great options. Dine in, dine out, you, you take out. You can have so many different options. Go check it out. It's at thestardistrict.com. So many different great places over there. Go check them out. Uh, hey, Kyle. Here in Frisco. What's that, heck, man? Kyle. The Sushi Marquee, the Mr. Miyagi. Oh, Thank yes. Later. Yes. Thank me later. Mr. Miyagi, me and I'll add I can... one to that. Chuck Norris on there as well. Fantastic. The Chuck Norris, yes. The Chuck Norris mm-hmm. role. Oh, my God. It's amazing. All Co-sign. right. Let's uh, let's go into fans on the 50. Uh, it's the second week of us doing this. Every Tuesday at 9.50, we'll answer your fan questions and we'll bring them in. Hopefully at some point, whenever we're all back in studio, we'll take phone calls. Unable to do that at the moment, so we're going to have to do it via the Periscope stream. Our first question actually comes from RJ Wells says, I've got a question for a fan on the 50. Does everyone think Xavier Woods was ready to go, or am I the only one that thinks he wasn't? Rob, we'll start with you. They wouldn't have put him out there if he wasn't ready. Hmm. And the fact that he wasn't on the injury report at all, I don't think I don't think injuries were a factor there. And I thought he made some I, I thought he made some solid tackles in the game. Um, yeah. I, I think the way the way the Rams attacked the Cowboys defense, it really didn't put the safeties involved much early because they were attack, attacking the edges, and obviously the run game. Uh, was was up through the middle and, and attacking the Cowboys' interior line. It really was about the first two levels of the defense. I don't know if you guys agree with that. No, yeah, I, I, I do. 
Go ahead, Isaiah. No, I was going to say that, that I, I agree. You know, I, mean, I don't think that the safeties really needed to be involved that much in this in this game, um, not only from the scheme of the Rams, but also um, what Mike Nolan did. You know, Mike Nolan wasn't that aggressive. He did a lot of too high. Uh, he yeah. sat back there a lot. So those guys are back there, and, and their rocking chair is pretty much cooling this uh, this past game. I don't know about so much this coming week, though, but <laughs> in terms of this past game, yeah, they were chilling. No, I thought Xavier Woods played played a, a pretty good game. Once I went back and watched it again, uh, he he did a great job in run support on a few on a few plays. Uh, but again, it just like you guys have have stated that with the short passes, uh, the safeties just couldn't be as effective as they as they would have been or should have been. Yeah, I definitely agree with all three of you guys. And I think the the secondary, sure, there were different problems on the defense, but I think the secondary still remains a, a large question mark whenever it comes to this team and, and yes. moving forward. It was a survive type of mentality when it came to the secondary. And I think the secondary survived to a certain extent. And they were also, I think, expecting more pass rush, and they didn't get that on Sunday. I think that was the really kind of the the, the key that threw the, the whole thing off whenever it comes to Xavier Woods and those safeties and even the corners moving forward, even though I thought the corners played exceptional when it comes to Diggs and, and Cheeto Ouzier. Now, I've had a ton of people. I'm trying to read all the different names. Mark asked about this one. Uh, uh, Justin asked about this one. There are a couple different questions about going outside and finding extra talent and going and finding a free agent to fill maybe some of the roles from a tight end's perspective, from a linebacker's perspective, and then even at safety, like we were just talking about, maybe going out and adding a certain guy at safety. Isaiah, I know what you feel about Earl Thomas. You've been very adamant about potentially going and signing the veteran, but realistically, do you see it happening, and do you think that there are other positions of need that they could potentially go after? Uh, a, yes, I do see it happening today um, at some point in time. Uh, I know Isaiah, been, you're so positive, dude. You're a positive guy. I'm just saying, if, if I, I that, that's why they shouldn't make me GM because it would have been done already. Uh, but <laughs> but I, 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 I don't, I don't see how you how you can pass up on a on a sure thing, right? Um, he's he's probably one of the few sure things that you know is out there um, in the whole league. Just not even just free agency, but in the, in the entire league, you know what you're going to get when you have Earl Thomas on your team. So uh, I do see them grabbing him uh, to add that that experience and that 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 threat really on on defense. Uh, but also, I think if I'm correct, I think his name is Henderson, Big Henderson. Out of uh, they used to play in Detroit, the big interior D lineman. I think if we go this week with the same issues and the same woes that we that we experienced this past weekend um, with the interior D lineman, I think that you have to go out and get him because then you know if we don't do well against Atlanta. And we we somehow drop it, drop the you know drop the game to Atlanta. Now you're 0 and 2 going into Seattle, and you know they're going to run the ball. So you can't go, um, you can't you can't start the season off like that. So if these guys don't figure it out on the interior line and Poe doesn't wake up, then you're going to have to go out and get some help on the interior. And you're referencing yeah, you're snacks, snacks, Harrison. Harrison, Harrison right? Yes, correct. Harrison, snacks, Harrison. Harrison. Okay, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Snacks. Ekma, what'd you think about going out? Yeah, and I, I got assets. That's- uh-oh. Rob, you, you go ahead with Sorry, it. Rob. Well, I, heard, I just heard a pause there. I know. Go ahead, heck. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, I feel as though when, when I – just seeing the safety performance, it wasn't – and I know everybody has Earl Thomas on the mind. I do too. I want this to happen. But at the same time, just dealing with the plate that I have in front of me, offensive line is really a concern for me right now. I, I, I just feel as though right tackle – and left guard Connor Williams, he won't have to go against Aaron Donald every week. But at the same time, 
it's a it's going to be a new dog in front of him every week as well. It doesn't get any easier in the NFL, does it? So, I mean, at the mm. same time, we've got to find a way to to get that to solidify our offensive line at those two positions. Now, I know Leo Collins. We're just waiting a couple more weeks for him to come back. I hadn't heard a lot about where he is with his hip. God knows we need him back. But at the same time, we have to get these uh, problems fixed because, man, the interior line uh, last Sunday was a problem. Yeah, I wonder if they had any more trouble at offensive tackle, would they, would they consider moving Connor Williams out to tackle, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and putting in one of their interior linemen at guard? I mean, I, I, hopefully it doesn't get to that point. They do have Brandon Knight there as another option. Um, and like you said, hopefully LC's back in a couple weeks off of IR. Um, Jerry was on the fan and said, right now they're going to look to address, you know, some of these injuries in house. And and I think it's probably practice squad to just get the numbers back where they are. Um, but you're, you know, at the, at the moment, then you'd be counting on Dalton Schultz, and 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 Joe Thomas with probably maybe Francis Francis Bernard coming up from the practice squad. We'll see. Um, and don't forget, you know, Brandon Carr is there on the practice squad. They always can bring him up again. And I don't think they wanted to get him out there just yet. They wanted to give him some time to get ready. He had no training camp. That's another option in the secondary. Uh, but I will say this, and I said this on the fan a minute ago, we've seen the Cowboys get aggressive midseason when they decide that, that their in-house options aren't working. You know, they did it two years ago with Amari. They did it last year with Michael Bennett. Um, so I wouldn't rule that out, whether it's a free agent signing or a trade. At some point, if they decide, look, what we're rolling with right now, like Isaiah said, if it's not working, uh, they may go out and make a move. And, and it is strange that all there are some high-profile guys that are just sitting out there right now for whatever reason. And another fan went on here and asked about Clay Matthews. And, and whenever you throw the names out there, Earl Thomas, Snacks Harrison, Clay Matthews, it sounds great. But are those the players that you're getting, or is it just the names that you're getting? And that's kind of the that's my question mark. And we have had this debate about Earl Thomas previously. I think he's the best out of those three guys in terms of the player that you actually would be getting. Snacks Harrison would probably be a close second. I think Clay Matthews is pretty far off in terms of uh, whatever else they have out there. Now, this is a, a pretty good question from uh, from one of the fans. Says with a, for, a poor offensive line, what is the next thing that you do at, at tight end? Are there any actual serviceable pass catchers at tight end as well. I would, first of all, I have to address the poor offensive line. I'm not sure. I, I agree with that statement. Let's say banged up offensive line. Uh, okay, let's go that route. Yeah. What <laughs> uh, a banged up offensive line. I mean, the only person that really comes to mind out there that's a, that's a savvy veteran. Um, you don't have anything to worry about with him. You know what he's going to do. He's going to come in and be physical, block, and catch the rock consistently as Delaney Walker. Uh, that's really the only guy that I that I foresee them potentially having to go out and grab. I mean, but you got to remember, we did pick up some guys this offseason at that position, um, you know, to, you know, for, to, to back up um, Jarwin. I don't think you got those guys for them to be the, the lead dogs, right? Um, but I don't think that we're necessarily struggling at that position. We have enough weapons now. If we only had... Cooper and Gallup, and we're like, oh, crap, we lost Jarwin. Then, yes, you probably want to go out and get you a Delaney Walker right now to have a third threat. But you have three threats. Um, you just need a tight end now to really be able to to sit in there, block, and get out occasionally and just work to underneath. You're not going to replace Jarwin unless you go out in free agency to have a deep threat. Mm-hmm. Now, Champ, I, I, I love Delaney Walker, uh, but I realize, you know, at 36, 
maybe you know he's on the the, the end of his career and, and we're not talking about a long-term contract by any means I'm sure no. he'll just be a bridge player for for this year and if that's the route that we go then we have to but at the same time Schultz to me has to take advantage of the opportunity that he's been given and Blake Bell after being signed from Kansas City, I, I think that maybe we overestimated his involvement in this offense because he didn't get any looks at all uh, on Sunday. And maybe it's just the, the blocking for him. But we're going to have to get that threat at the tight end position. But you're right, champ. It's the, our offensive line has got to play uh, a, a lot better, and it's going to make a lot of other things open up for us as an offense. Yeah, it's just disappointing that, you know, you're not going to see that 11 personnel with the top three receivers and Jarwin and Zeke and just like, I mean, that, that was a matchup nightmare that we're just not going to yeah. see this season. Um, I'm with you guys. I mean, this is Dalton Schultz's opportunity. When he was drafted mm -hmm. two years ago, three years ago, four, I know his fourth-round pick, but guys in, in the Cowboys organization felt like this guy could develop into a starting tight end in the league, and he's, he's going to have his opportunity, it looks like. Uh, be, and, he, and he has shown flashes that he can be a, an all-around tight end, but you got to do it down after down after down. It's a different story than being in for a few snaps a game. It is a little bit different. And whenever you talk about Delaney Walker, I know, you, Heckman, you just brought that name up. It also – there's injuries, histories there too. I mean, I think he's had uh, a True. couple different injuries that have been lagging and, and nagging over the last couple of years of his career. That's one of the reasons why – I believe he's still on the free agent market, even though he is a skilled tight end. It's intriguing, though. I think it's something that you could look at. But once again, Jerry Jones on the fan today said he wasn't necessarily intrigued in going out and looking for other free agents. They're going to mm -hmm. try and, and address these needs in-house. You've got a Francis Bernard on the practice squad at linebacker. You have Dalton Schultz. You have a couple tight ends on your practice squad. And Cole Hickatini, Sean McKeon is there uh, as well, an undrafted free agent out of Michigan. So there are options there. It's just whether or not those are going to be options that can fill those roles so quickly. you got a seven-day turnaround, and you're playing the Falcons, and you are in a uh, big-time need of a win after the loss on Sunday. That's going to do it here for fans on the 50 this week. Remember, every Tuesday at 9.50, We'll hit, we'll hit up your fan questions. Continue sending those in uh, throughout the week. And, it may, hey, I may even answer a couple of them on Twitter later today as well. Rob could do the same thing. Heckma Harrison and Isaiah Stanback will all four be back here in just a moment here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer, where you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses. You can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. 
Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just ten bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com/cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com/cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, ten bucks, free shipping. Back to talking Cowboys. Final segment here of Talking Cowboys. Glad you're with us on DallasCowboys.com. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, and the great Rob Phillips as we were answering your fan questions. Now I've got some questions for these three experts. As we play a game of this or that, I'm going to give you two, go- two options for all three of you guys, and you're all going to answer each question. And it's one or the other. No in-between, no outside sourcing, nothing of the sort. Your opinion what is the right answer? We're going to start off by looking on the defensive side of the football. Who needs a bigger bounce-back game after what we saw on Sunday? Dontari Poe on the defensive line or Jalen Smith in that linebacking core? Isaiah, we'll start with you. That's an easy one. <laughs> Dontari Poe. I, I, he was non-existent, so I'm going to need him to, to, to figure out who he is on the inside and bring it on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Explain. Bring you in on the out. I got you. I, I mean, I mean, he was. I mean, he for the physical. He's a physical specimen, right? He's a large human being. He's he's 350 pounds of all grown man, right? And we know the impact player that he's been of of, of years past. There, there was no resemblance of that player at all um, this this past week. I'm not sure for what reason, or we can we can speculate on a whole lot of things. But there's no way, you know, there's many times I can I can attest to or go back and, and watch on film where he was just getting washed down the line of scrimmage. And when I say washed down, I mean like he's actually just going with the flow of the offensive line, and nobody really was forcefully taking him there. He was just going along as if as if it was just a thing to do. Um, he didn't put his foot in the ground and try to change directions. He didn't fight, and try to spin back. He didn't really try to make any asserted effort to make a play on the ball he was just going with where they wanted him to go and as physical as he is that's not really possible so i need him to find his inner dog i know he has it and i look forward to seeing it this week ecma that's fun. bring what's in on the out i like that man um <laughs> well i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with uh jalen smith and the reason i'm gonna go with jalen smith is because from Kyle's notes that, that I cheated off of it basically seemed as though uh, the swiper was having a really good camp. And so I was expecting to see that I didn't, especially with his new role being a wheel linebacker. I really thought that uh, Coach Mike Nolan was going to use him in, in the scheme to blitz uh, next to D-Law. Didn't see any of that. Uh, I was, I'm just really waiting on the guy that we know that he is to emerge. It just looked like he didn't have his sorts about him, um, and especially in that first drive, he and uh, Van Der Esch were, were kind of out of it. It seemed like they those boot those bootlegs, misdirection plays, they were on the complete opposite side of the field and not in a position to make a play. So I'm looking for Jalen Smith to come back and be a be the playmaker that he is, and a whole bunch of swiping. Yeah, y'all are both right, but I, I'm going to go with. 
I'm gonna go with Jalen just because. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I mean it's it's I, I, it's hard to pick because I think I think they need big games from both guys, but mm-hmm. I think I think with Leighton going down, there is more on Jalen now. It's back to you know a couple of years ago where you know he's got to be the quarterback of the defense now, mm-hmm. and uh, there, there's more on him to, to to really set the tone, be physical from that linebacker spot, and really give him production. Um, you know, and and you guys mentioned the screens. I think Mike Nolan said they had four screens that picked up 60 yards. Uh, you know, they've they've got to be they've got to be able to rally to the ball and stop those. And and that was you know that was a problem at times last year too. And some of it was. Uh, Rams lineman getting up on the second level and, and, and uh, taking, huh. take, taking out guys trying to, to rally to the ball. So, you know, it's not, it's not all on Jalen. It's not all on Poe, but, but I'm, I'm going to go with Jalen because I think he's got to be the force now in the middle of the field more so than ever with late now for a while. I think Rob, you secretly supported my my pick, just in case I, you were wondering. I did. I, I, I successfully I straddled that fence pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I would actually side with Isaiah here as well in my own question. I, I think Poe needs That's a bigger game because it, it just seems soft from the defensive line. It really did. And, and I think he could have a mm. better game. I don't think he's a bad player. I really don't. I think he's much more capable of no. what we saw on Sunday, and he needs no. a bigger game. Jalen Smith, I think he was thrown into a tough situation. He wasn't expected to be the quarterback of the team, and then uh, about five minutes into the first quarter, seemingly, he was the quarterback of the defense again. And so all of a sudden, uh, he was thrown back yeah. into that role, and he had to make some adjustments. And oh, Isaiah. Those adjustments hey, weren't hey, great. Hey, hey, uh, hey. Kyle, Kyle makes a very valid point. Uh, hey, listen up. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith's game automatically, all right, it, it, it automatically elevates as soon as he has an interior presence on a defensive line. It does. He had two woes against him. Poe was backing up and running around down the side, down up and down oh, the line absolutely. of scrimmage instead of coming vertical, right? And then he lost his, his dog, right? So yeah. he lost his he lost he lost his interior presence, which was going to allow for him to roam free like he hoped, like he hoped for all offseason. And he lost his 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 number one uh, road dog. So he had back to back things that happened to him. So he was out there like, what the heck is happening right now? So both of those guys should have a better game, but Poe is the key. I, I, oh, I, I get it. Like- I, I made your point. But with what I said, okay, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, you did. Right. No, you did. <laughs> no, Maybe I need I, to switch and, my pick. And I understand. Like it, it felt as though it felt as though Don Terry Poe was playing linebacker the way he was being pushed back. I get it. But that's. But where I feel, what I understand is that we have more depth at our interior line. If it, it's not working out, we have a guy that's coming in right behind him in Woods. We still Ooh. have Gallimore. We still have a lot of depth there at offensive line. I just feel like for Jalen Smith, that wasn't his best outing. And we can say for it wasn't his either. But it just wasn't his best outing. When it comes down to being now the captain of the defense, man, he has to wear a multitude of hats and he still has to be a playmaker. We're, we're relying on him uh, to give us that presence. He, he cannot just disappear on series. True that. He needs to be there. Yep. He needs to be the guy on in the middle of that defense to, to find a way. Sure, he could use some help from that defensive line, but uh, in the end, he's going to have to be the one to make some of those plays. Now, keeping with some of that same track, and these are two guys that we still expect high, uh, we still have high, high expectations for, didn't necessarily see it on Monday. Wasn't players-wise, though. How about coaches? Which one are you watching more closely on Sunday to see how they improve? Kellen Moore or Mike Nolan, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator? Heckma, starting with you. 
Man, this is, uh, I tell you what, with the challenges that we're going to have this week again with the receiving core, I want to see what Mike Nolan is going to do. He's going to have to generate some, you know, some pressure uh, for this defense because if you let Matty Ice just sit back there and pick him <laughs> apart, and especially mm -hmm. with what they have on the outside with Jones and Ridley, man, you talk about the, the trio engaged, the trio of receivers that we have, man, they have a trio as well that went for, my God, I think 400 and something yards combined uh, between them. It may have been less, but still, they, they accumulated a bunch of yards for Atlanta. So, Mike Nolan, I, I'm looking for all of the, the talk about we're not going to be predictable. We're going to pay a multiple, multitude of schemes. We're going to be flexible. We're going to be a hybrid. I just didn't see that on Sunday, so I'm expecting to see it this Sunday at home. Hey, I don't know who set this schedule, but when Mike Mike Nolan needed to take <laughs> this these first three games, he he gets an opportunity to make this money, right? He has an opportunity mm -hmm. to show exactly why he's worth the money, however much money he's making, because uh, he has his work cut out for him. You know, it doesn't get easier from week one to week two. Like I said, you got some dogs coming in there. If I'm if I'm if I'm correct, I think Maddie Ice threw for over 400 yards 450. and had uh, three 100 yard receivers. 450, three 100 yard mm -hmm. receivers. Mm. Uh, and we didn't have any pressure. So, like, to your point, you cannot let Matty Ice sit back there and throw the ball. You don't have all your weapons that you want. I'm pretty sure he's having a pep talk with his defensive line. Um, and you need these you need these, um, these outside linebackers, right, to pin their ears back and be able to get some pressure because, um, yeah, we got to strap up. So, yeah, Mike Nolan most definitely. Yep, it's unanimous, Mike Nolan, because they've got to find a way to get uh, the Falcons in some third and longs to be able yeah. to, to rush the passer. They didn't do that on Sunday night. And, you know, Todd Gurley was really good until Atlanta fell behind. So they've got to be able to hone in on that run game. And by the way, he's another versatile back that can yep. help them out of the backfield. They Catch. can't, they, you know, they can't allow uh, what happened on Sunday with the Rams with Todd Gurley, who could beat you the same way. So, yeah, I got to go with, with Nolan in the defense, too. It's overwhelming in the chat, by the way, as we well. We all agree. Uh, overwhelmingly, <laughs> it, it, the answer was Mike Nolan. It, it was saying Mike Nolan's got to step it up. This has got to be a defensive game, especially when, like, I think Isaiah made a fantastic point. The, the Falcons didn't look bad on offense. Their defense is a little bit suspect, especially outside of their front seven. What does that sound like? Oh, it sounds kind of like the Cowboys. Two very desperate teams coming together and playing on Sunday. Uh, the mm -hmm. chat was actually the one that made that point as well. So I think that really there's a lot of up, there's a lot up in the air whenever Sunday comes around, and both teams are going to really have to take advantage. Okay, most likely in-house replacement. And I know we talked about this last segment. But I want to know which one is more likely to stay in-house and which one's more likely to leave it, tight end or linebacker. Of course, Blake Jarwin going down in the tight end side, and then Leighton Vander Esch out six to eight weeks with a fractured clavicle on the linebacking side. Which one most likely to stay in-house, Rob? Oh, that's tough. I mean, I think hey, both – both could, but I, I'll go with linebacker because I think I think Joe Thomas's experience. Mm -hmm. he, he played well when he came in there. I thought second half they did a better job, and you got hopefully you got Sean Lee coming back in a couple weeks. So I think that that will help the depth as long as they can stay healthy until until Van Der Esch gets back in a you know six to eight weeks. ECMO. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to go linebacker as well. I believe that. Francis Bernard has to be pulled up from the practice squad. Everything that I heard about him 
during training camp said that this kid came out and was aggressive and it was also a, a ball hawk at, at the linebacker position. So that's a little bit of what we're going to need this week or in weeks uh, ahead with the schedule that we have is a linebacker that can play very well in pass pro in pass coverage. Excuse me. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, right right now with the scheme that we've seen from Mike Nolan so far, we're only using two true linebackers in a game at any given time. So right now we have two rotations, honestly, currently as it stands. And obviously when Sean Lee gets back, that obviously helps. So I don't I don't see it being a big issue right now, especially if the D-line does what they're supposed to do. <laughs> Which is put pressure on the quarterback, yeah, and it's it something that they didn't do on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I think it is. I think linebacker. You talked about Francis Bernard, but you also got to remember Sean Lee. Hopefully, he'll come back. And he saw. We saw at the end of last year that he had a little bit left in the tank. Sure, you can't necessarily rely on his health. 100%, much like how we've kind of learned about Leighton Vanderesh, but at least having some of that depth there, I think, presents itself as an opportunity more with the linebackers than it does with tight end, even with some of those guys on the practice squad who could have a chance to step up this week, and I think they will have a chance to step up this week. Okay, final question before we wrap things up here on this Tuesday edition. Which one would you like to see more? And, Isaiah, we're going to start with you. 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. Or let's get rid of the tight ends completely and go 20 personnel. Two running backs, no tight ends. Which one would you rather see, Isaiah? Cow, cow, cow. <sighs> Kyle wants to get weird, man. I want to get Kyle. real weird. He just let's do it. I don't know if he <laughs> had his coffee this zero. morning or what. He, he, I had he my Wheaties. That's what it was. Down the street. Um, <laughs> listen up here. I want Pollard you and Zeke. You picked up this dude named C.D. Lamb. You picked up C.D. Lamb, a love gentleman it. who you absolutely love. You're darn right. And you asked me this question. You asked me this question. 11 personnel all day. It's not even a question. Leave. I love Pollard, but Pollard, stay stay on the sideline for this one. Mm. Uh, we're going to go out there with Freaky Zeke um, and bring old Schultz in, and then we'll go out there with, with our three dogs, that receiver. You know, you yeah, know, 20 personnel and 11. 11 on this. You know, 20 and 11 don't take a receiver off the field. I mean, there's still three I receivers I understand that, out but Pollard got to sit out. You still – and you forget that we don't have a right tackle the way in which we want to. So you need a okay. tight end in there to help out. Bingo, I don't need to answer. That's it. <laughs> that, that, that's it. <laughs> you need that. You need a tight end in there to help. You need that tight end in there? Yeah, okay. Uh, or you need the tight end to help chip block. I know, Isaiah, you, you had talked about that previously, having a tight end to come in. Can Blake Bell be that tight end and 11 personnel to come and help that right tackle? I like that. I like that. I like that. Yes, I, I would prefer to see that. I want. I don't know where Blake Bell was, but I can guarantee you almost that he will be present substantially more than what we've seen already. Yeah, I think so as yeah, well. It's definitely 11 for me, Kyle. Uh, 11 for me, I, I think anything that you know, Zeke is your guy, uh, the formations, the, if we can put, you know, trips formation, put these guys all on the same side of the ball, go vertical, you know, get correct our spacing. That was, was a big problem in Sunday's game. Just seemed like we had re receivers running into the same area. But I, I like our 11 uh, package, and I think we're really strong, even running out of it. Yeah, I think 11 is probably the more strong one, but I want to see more 20. I really do. If I had to say which one I wanted to see more of, 11. But let's throw some 20 in there. I want to see Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott in a dual backfield or even out as wide receivers. I want to see that happen because I feel like it could spread out the offense Cal. a little bit more. I'm telling you, that's what I'm saying. Well, you're going you're gonna to have to wait till after week three then, buddy. 
Because <laughs> Lyle Collins needs to be back. Until Collins gets back. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. Okay, I like it. I, I love fair. the points you guys are making and your experts for a reason. That's going to do it here for the Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys. Glad you've been with us here over the last 45 minutes. We'll be back tomorrow, 930. We're breaking down the Atlanta Falcons offense. Matty Ice, Todd Gurley, and Julio Jones. That's a three-headed monster in itself. We'll talk Ooh. about that offense versus the Cowboys defense when we return on Talking Cowboys. For Rob Phillips, for Heckma Harrison, and Isaiah Stanbacks, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you next time on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?